Ahoy, Noiros! Welcome to another edition, installment, or even episode of Out of the Podcast. We're still doing it weekly. We're still coming at you. My name is Joey. <laughs> you like that, Dan? That's a great intro. His name is Dan, and welcome to our episode where today we're going to cover My Name is Julia Ross. It's going to be a quick one, I imagine. I was thinking this, that too. Quick, quick is, movie, quick, quick one. I think it's going to be as quick as our big combo episode, uh, which is ironic because it shares a director. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. Lewis keeps us going, you know? I, I, I say that of the films I've seen in his, especially the, the noirs, I love them. So we'll get yeah. into it, Dan. Yeah, I know we will. I know we will. Uh, no guests this week. Strike one. I have one confirmed guest. So we will have at least one more guest. I might have one for next week. We'll see, but. I know, I know the, I know the other guest because he messaged me independently. That son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to have him. I think that's going to be a real good time. But of I course, agree. thanks, thanks to Lisa for coming on last week. Uh, yes, was a, that was a fun time. Definitely a good time. Look, and hope everyone's enjoying the evolution of the podcast. We're growing, we're getting, getting so close to the end here. Was this 41, Dan? 41, man. We, we are over the hill at this point. It's it. I can't believe it. I can't believe we, we've been doing this. Like it, it's like. Every time I, I'm setting up the episodes and the meetings and stuff, I'm like, wow, I was like, I was like 41. I was like, yeah. it just, it, it's accumulating. And you like, you don't even, sometimes don't even realize it. You know, I mean, obviously it's one, one a week for a year. I mean, truly, a week. no, but yeah. it is, it, 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 it just has been such a thing we've been doing all year and it finally taking a step back and just being like, oh, oh boy. Yeah. But it's a lot. 41, still having fun. Hopefully <laughs> we'll feel the same way when we are that age. We're getting there. Yeah. I, I thought you say ho- hopefully we ha- we have that feel that way when we're done. Like I thought you were going like rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. Like no, I already expect us to to be miserable by the end of this show. But okay, all right. Hopefully not. I hope not. Oh, okay. We got some hope on the. Uh, I think I think I can keep it pretty lively on this one. All right. So Dad's gonna gonna <laughs> Bernie's me. I couldn't conjure weekend at Bernie's. Bernie Lomax me. Yes. Two. He's gonna pl- he's gonna play the right song to get my corpse to do some dancing for this episode. Don't get me started on that one because that one and and, and whether I'm jinxing myself. And I'm gonna stop not- you right okay. now, Dan. Right now, <laughs> putting the show to a halt. Usually, you do these little fucking Dan hijinks. You'll be like, "Oh, I love the shitty sequel to this movie," and it's always completely unforgivable. You bullshit in the audience, and I disagree. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's too. One of the most fun times you will ever have watching a movie. Oh, it yeah. is. It is a delight. It knows exactly what it is. It's a sequel to the fucking corpse movie. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I say we're going to go ahead and we're going to conjure Bernie Lomax and we're going to conjure the Blu-ray for two. Thank you. That that was my gripe. My only gripe is that I could taste your gripe. Yes. And I decided to to take the hit first. This this food is now safe to eat. Dan. No poison. It was here. a grape grape. It was a, it was a grape grape that you that you then ate. Yes, I had some grapes. And that's my grape. <laughs> Too much fruit. Uh, yeah, good times with Weekend at Bernie's 2. Can't recommend it enough. That's the problem. It's like I haven't seen it so long because I have the first one on Blu-ray because that one's readily available, but the second one is, is, is tough to come by. It's been... I've seen it two times, Dan. I've seen it once when it came out on video cassette at my friend Brian's birthday party, whatever year that was. It was uh, like, you know, and it, we were older at that point, so it was definitely like pre-high school, but not... It was last you know. year. It was last year. <laughs> But I remember just we slept over his house watching it and just being like, oh, okay. But then many years later, I visited a friend in Cleveland, mm-hmm. you know, at least a decade ago. And there was a bunch of people around and they're like, oh, why don't we watch this VHS a weekend at Birdies 2? And Dan, I tell you, 
the whole room was just having a great time. It was a real party movie. That sounds amazing. I can't recommend it enough. Don't I, watch Weekend at Bernie's 2 alone, but other than that, <laughs> go full hog. I don't know if I can quantify how many times I've seen it, but I, I think I've probably seen it, whether I'd like to admit it or not. I guess it's good, okay to admit, because after we talked about it, but definitely more than two times, but it's been okay. a, a long time. Like, I watched it a, a lot as a kid. You went in hard, yeah. Yeah, like bo- both of the movies. I mean, I remember them like both being staples on HBO because we had HBO, like the, the three HBOs as it was Ooh, back la in the la, day. Dan. I know, I, I felt really fancy. Uh, my dad Dan. was like obsessed with Homebox. So this we, was in the oh, mansion? This was in the mansion. I mean, yes. back back then, yeah. Uh, we were rolling, we had three HBOs. But yeah, no, I, I think they both of them were played pretty frequently. So I think that's probably how I got to see them. You know what's like that now on TV? I mean, it's movies I've seen many times even before this, but they always have both Young Guns going on different channels, and I love it. Really? I must not get those channels because I don't see those. Dan, you got to get them. Or, you have Prism or something? It's, I believe it's the Stars channels. They, they throw them all throughout Are those. they? Okay. I, yeah. have stars. I do have Stars. I'll have to – maybe it's on Dan, demand. I don't even know if you need to do that. I'm just going to say go in, get the Blu-rays, Young Guns 1, Young Guns 2. They're two of the most – they're great. They're a great time. Okay. All right. They're great. They're a great time. We, I would love to do a bonus episode on b- both the young guns, <laughs> but right. we'll see. I don't know I'll, if I can I'll argue have to watch that. Them. I'll have to watch them first. I understand. I might want to be there for that, Dan. Okay. Mayhaps I can hold a double feature screening. Yeah. I'll Dude, rent out outside, a theater. Outside yeah, or that. theater screen. You know, Absolutely. Get giant projector. Maybe I could rent the Del C drive-in theater. I feel like they must do that. Have you come by on like a Wednesday? Just, just you and me, our cars out there. That'd be amazing. Speaking of amazing, I'm taking the segue I accidentally gave myself. You want a car update, Dan? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's great. Last week on the show, I had confessed that I had been sideswiped in a hit and run. Things were pretty depressing, and it was not looking good for me. And the, the insurance deductible I discovered I had was so high. Feeling pretty low. But you know what happened? Neighbors came through. Well, I got I got a bright side for our current surveillance state. Uh, everyone's got cameras, and it's great. They got the, the ring doorbell cameras. Mm-hmm. I had a house on the corner come through with actual cameras. And while I couldn't get a plate, I was able to find out when, <laughs> get the footage of who hit it and when it happened and the sound, and it's very horrifying. Many people sitting around watching it happen and then leave. And then um, found out where uh, who moved that day, who had hired this moving truck that had hit my car. Wow. So I got them. It's everything's in the process now, and uh, I'm going after them. Wow, this that's noir awesome. story has consequences for the other person for once. Yeah, that's quite that's quite the detective work. I I I'm really. Oh yeah, Dan, and I had even to do a police report for my insurance, and they I'm like, hey, I got the footage. I showed it to them, and they're like, yeah, you're pretty much gonna have to take the law in your own hands on this one. And, really? Uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, we have an investigation crew, but they're so backed up, you're gonna want to go door to door, and that's what I did, and. Uh, a little did a little private detective work. That's great. Good. I, I love it. So justice was served. It's still ongoing, but uh, I, I, it seems to be fortune in my favor. What time? What time was it that it occurred? Dan, there was a wide gap because I had uh, dropped my car off Thursday afternoon and discovered it Saturday afternoon. It mm-hmm. happened like an hour or two before I even discovered it. It was Saturday morning. Oh wow. Yeah, that was the crazy part. And I was, the whole time, I'm like, ah, oh, it must have been some drunk driver or something. Yeah. No, it was a, a crew of movers, one who directed one to back into my car. <laughs> There's so many witnesses, it's, it's depressing. But again, neighbors really came through to, to warm my heart and bring me right back up to where I needed to be. And yeah, feeling a lot better about that situation. 
sounds like sounds like you're on a much better track, uh, which is good. And it's choo choo, uh, Dan. I'm, yeah, I'm all that, good about it. All that hard work is paying off. You know, unfortunately, you got to go through these things sometimes to you know appreciate it, and the outcome couldn't have been any better. So, in that sense, I'm I'm quite optimistic. And I kind of want you to become a private investigator full time now. Like, I mean, I, I've been think, watching enough Rockford Files. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, you know, this, this like real life application now between that and, good. and film noir that we cover, like of these detectives, like, I feel like maybe this is a new career path. I don't know. It's, it's totally possible. I mean, I, I had to knock on some strangers doors and, and really pull some information out of them. But by did golly, you have like a little book, it. like the little book and you're like writing notes? I mean, thankfully, it's the 21st century. I have an iPhone. Uh, well, yeah, but it's not as fun. It's not as fun, though. That's the it, difference. The only thing that I got, uh, I got a written envelope from the guy who moved. He wrote all the information down for me. So I did have a little little souvenir on this one. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's old American. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad it's working out. That's, that's good. It's working out. And Lauren Bacall showed up on the Rockford Files I watched yesterday. In an hour and a half long episode, she was phenomenal. Special, special time for a special episode. Her and James Garner, there's only a three-year age difference between them. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it made sense. I mean, he'd been around yeah. doing Maverick when he was younger. Like, by the time Rockford Files happened, he was a, an older gentleman. But, yeah, that was a fun surprise. Loved it. Recommend that episode. I don't remember what it's called, but it's the second episode on season six, the final season. It's like, like bears and tigers and, like, a dog. It's, look for the animal name, but it's the second episode. Interesting. I was thinking when you when you 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 told me that the other day, and I was thinking about couldn't wait, Dan. Could not wait. I'm glad you told me because I, I you know I love I love Lauren Bacall. Even if you dip in for one episode, you you easily could. I could dip. I could dip in. Um, I could dip. I could take a little dip. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. It made me think about. There's a late role that she was in, and I hope you've seen this movie because this is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, my my fellow Americans, have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. That sounds familiar. It's though. with James Garner and oh, okay. and Jack Lemon, and she's in it, and she's great in it. And Wolver Brimley's in it. It's it's basically like a it's like a dark kind of it's like a dark comedy, but like satire. Dan mm-hmm. Aykroyd's in it. Like it's oh, not like I want to say it's like ninety seven, but it's like oh, one of those like okay. little like underrated gem like comedies. And like Garner and Lemon are just hilarious together i believe it they they play like rival former presidents that get (laughs) embroiled in this whole like thing and like one's a republican one's a democrat and like they both like would run against each other in the past and they both like hate each other so it's like kind of like an odd couple thing and they end up having to work together to like kind of clear their names and try to like figure out this whole like undertakings that are going on like with politics and stuff like that it's but it's funny. It's a comedy too. Um, sure. But it's great. It's like a great fun gem, fun movie. Um, I'll check it out. That definitely recommend great. a great, great cast. I like Jack Lemmon. Yeah, dude. I, and there's a lot of other people that pop up. You're like, oh, that guy's in it. You know? Like, oh, I can see that. It's like one of those type of movies where you, you see a lot of people kind of crop up, and you're like, oh, wow, that's great. And that made me think of it because she's in it. And she's she's really good in it. Excellent. Oh, well, I feel like I almost liked her more, like her older performance. It it, it was more weathered at that point. You know? Yeah. I don't know. And what, what year was that episode? Boy, it must have been like 78, okay. 79, possibly. Cool. Not quite sure. Danny, got anything else? No. I think, I think we covered a lot of ground. I think I'm ready to, uh, to dig in. I'm trying to think of a fun, fun segue here, but I don't. Sometimes they happen. Sometimes they don't. I was going to say earlier when you said, my name is Julia Ross, I, I was like, like, my brain instantly is going to be like, 
my name is Jonas. Like that was like one of the first things I was just going to say. Like when you were saying, this, it, well, this is what I was trying to think of. What is the good? My name is, you know, uh, uh, mainstream wise could have gone an Eminem, but I would never. So yeah. Weezer's yeah. probably a better route. <laughs> it's true. Pinkerton did just uh, celebrate an anniversary. So it did 30 years. Too many. It's a long time. I'm about to drop a 37th anniversary uh, in December Actually, here. Like, wait, it's not 30 years. I'm sorry. I was thinking 25, of, wasn't it? It's 25. Never mind. Nirvana, yeah, Nirvana yeah, was 30. I had, him, I had him backwards, yeah. What a segue. My what name segue. is Julia Ross. <laughs> <laughs> really? you, you asked for a segue, and I gave you one. You wanted the best. You got it. We I, got I, mine. <laughs> I, I deliver clumsy ones. You deliver good ones. That's the difference. I thought it was a perfect collaboration, Dan. <laughs> I thought you were a real Jack Lemon in that scenario. And here's Jim Garner here to say, my name is Julia Ross, released November 9th, 1945. Almost uh, celebrating an anniversary itself, Dan. Yeah. We're we're close, but not quite there. Uh, No cigar just yet. But this came from Columbia Pictures. You know, they're, they're pros in the film noir biz by this point. And we're directed by Joseph H. Lewis, aforementioned. He directed Gun Crazy and The Big Combo. So we've seen him before. We like them. I mean, those were, those were two good times. And we got a screenplay by Muriel Ray Bolton based on the 1941 novel The Woman in Red by Anthony Gilbert. I don't know if she wore any red in this, but it didn't seem to be a big plot point. That did not carry over from the novel. No. Dan, my name is Julia Ross. This movie was what, like 68 minutes, I think? 65 minutes. 65 minutes in and out. Love it. I actually started to watch this last night and I realized I forgot my laptop charger and I was watching it from my laptop mm-hmm. and uh, well, Chromecast. You know? yeah, I, yeah. I am still a film scholar here, folks. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I hope I have enough battery power, but 60 minutes, totally doable. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, part of the reason why I was looking forward to this because like, I knew going in because I'd seen it before. I was like, I was like, I know this, this movie is, is perfect in that it's lean. Like, I love it's, it's such a lean movie. It actually leads to my biggest complaint of this movie, Dan. Ooh, okay. I wish it was longer. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But I never I, thought I, I'd I say it that. I like what it is. I, like I it absolutely yeah. did. But I would, I, there was so much I would be happy to just stay in, but it, it moved so quickly. True. Yeah, I guess I'm ready to spoil it. I, I, uh, this was a great time. This was, cool. I really like this movie. Again, lots of, uh, hijinks in the world trying to get you to distract you from enjoying a movie but it could not be done i enjoyed it the entire time i thought it was a fun little romp and and because of that briskness it got cooking right off the bat yeah no i i i like it more every time i watch it like every time i watch I it that. Like, yeah like i really like i like last night i was so in tune i was watching it and i'm like man there's just so many cool elements in this movie and like you said yeah it, it you know it could even probably benefit from a little bit more, but I, like I said, I like the fact that it's lean. not a slight. It's more yeah. just because I was having a great time in this yeah. world and I did not want to lead it, leave it. And the way everything unfolded, it was so natural and questions would arise. They'd be answered. And yeah, I, I, I just, there's no, I had no confusion with this plot, <laughs> which is fun, which and is, pretty- you know, especially cause it is so short. You'd think they would just jam pack so much in here, but it really does breathe. And right. Yeah. I like, I like that. It's, um, there's just a lot of weird like horror elements obviously that's kind of why we brought it into the picture but weird like it's a very absolutely belongs in this month that we're doing it. right it's it, like it does feel like a precursor to a lot of psychological horror films mm-hmm. um and but it like it doesn't go necessarily too far in that realm that you would necessarily say it's straight up it's just a horror film i, I love that it has like this like mix no 
I would say maybe at it. first it seemed like okay, the noirness is more just because it's so shadowy, but right. it, it definitely it hits the tropes towards the end, especially like it it absolutely belongs here. Yes. So why don't we go ahead and open this up? We're in London. I don't was Julia Ross ever supposed to be British? I guess here's the first question. I, that's a good question. Well, she mentions later on that she has a relative and aunt in America. So okay, so I, that must be it. it. But she, so she it, she could very well be American. Yeah. But either way, she's a lonely woman. She's here in London, and she's just trying to find a job. I don't know. Maybe she just got there and she's trying to settle in. But either way, she is having a tough time finding a job. She's living in this building with these nosy landlords. Boarding uh, house, yeah. Boarding house, especially one uh, in particular, Mrs. Mackey's daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name, but her, her name was Berta. Berta, yeah, Berta. <laughs> She sucks, but she's delightful. She's awful. <laughs> but she's awful. So she needs to get out of there. And she she finds this one job in the paper. There's an ad. They're looking for a secretary. And so it's through an employment agency. I forgot what the name of it was, Dave. Allison. You remember? Allison. Employment yeah. What a, what a name. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes there. She talks to Mrs. Sparks, who's played by Anita Sharp Bolster. And she... She has like a weird creepiness to her. Like, yeah. Like right she's off the bat. She's very creepy. And and that's we'll kind of see later on, like that there's some definite sinister stuff under the surface, you know. With oh yeah, she is absolutely complicit. Yeah, and she's a familiar face. We'll see her when we eventually get to like Scarlet Street, and she actually was uncredited in Dark Passage, so we've seen her oh. before. Yeah. So this job sounds good. They're <laughs> asking her weird questions, like, "Hey, you have anyone that's gonna miss you? Any family?" <laughs> you know, just typical job <laughs> questions. You're like. No, Red I'm flag. all in the world, but uh, yeah, let's take it. And they're like, all right, you got the job and you need to move in with us tonight. Yeah, lots and of red me- flags. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a, a gentleman in your life? <laughs> all these personal questions. Uh, I would, I, If I were her, I would be like, uh, maybe I should like take a step back and maybe think about this. I mean, I guess she was, she would definitely like, it's that whole thing where it's like that horror trope where it's like you find somebody that's kind of in a vulnerable spot to kind of yes. manipulate them into this, role in this case is job um mm. so you see that here clearly secretary then secretarial gig that's yes. all nothing, nothing too uh nefarious here yeah. but there's also the hughes family it's mrs hughes and her son ralph they're mm. part of this job interview as well because that's where she's going to be working at their house because boy oh boy they need a secretary who doesn't know anybody so she's got the job she's gonna go and take it but there is one thing she neglected to tell them is that she sort of does know somebody she does have a person in her life, Dennis Bruce. They had been engaged at one point, or at least had serious relationship, but it had broken off and she was actually, or he was actually with someone else. But he tells her when they meet up, like, oh, actually we, we broke it off and I'm back on the market. So they make plans to meet up. She's like, oh, I just got a new job, but I got to deal with this, but I'll see you Sunday or something like that. You know, not too long. Mm-hmm. And so she's off to Cornwall. A very nice estate in Cornwall. And uh, seeing as I come from a Cornwall day in Cornwall, Connecticut, I say, I don't see what could be so wrong with this lovely place. <laughs> Seems like a good time. And so she goes to move in. And I believe, yeah, they drug her even before she makes it there. And then she awakens and finds out that uh, she's no longer Julia Ross, is she, Dan? Nope, she is not. What was uh, th- 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 what was her name? Dad? I forgot. Marion Hughes. Marion Hughes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so they're, uh, they're they're instantly just trying to 
sell her on the idea that she is this woman and that Ralph Hughes is her her husband. That she's out of her mind. That, that she's know, out of her mind, yeah. yeah. Marion, darling, how do you feel? Well, you're better this morning. Much better, doesn't she, Mother? Indeed she does. My name isn't Marion, and I'm not married to you or anyone. I was engaged as a secretary. Now, what does this all mean? Why did we leave London? You haven't forgotten us again, have you, Marion? I'm not Marion, and you know it. All right, dear, let's not argue. Let's just have our tea and perhaps another nap, and, and then you'll feel much better. I'm afraid it's cold. Oh, Alice, uh, bring some more hot water quickly, please. Yes, Mum. I don't know what this is all about, but I promise you some very serious trouble unless you stop it immediately. You know perfectly well I'm Julia Ross. Marion, dear, please don't excite yourself so. You'll just bring on another attack. Attack? Attack of what? Nerves, dear. Just nerves. Oh, we do so want you to know you're with your own family. Nonsense. Marion, darling, control yourself. Let me go. We are doing everything in our power to make you well again. Let me go! If you don't stop this, I'll have you arrested! Why are you doing this? It's so stupid. It's so silly. That's the woman from the agency. What's she doing here? Alice, bring the hot water, quickly. Yes? Alice, you live in the village, don't you? Then help me. I'm not his wife. I don't know what's happening or why. But please, call the police. Call someone. Help me. And they tell there's the help staff, and they're saying, oh, yeah, she's just coming back, and, and don't listen to what she says. Uh, one fun fact about Mrs. Hughes, played by Dame May Witty, she's actually also in Gaslight, which has a sort of similar plot. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, yeah, that's one term that I, I was, when I was reading about, too, that they mentioned that, like, it is truly, like, early, like, gaslighting her into thinking that, she, you know, trying to basically force upon her that she's not really who she, who she thinks she is. Um, Everyone's playing the part, especially when they're in her presence. Mm-hmm. And so they leave, and that's where we find out that uh, Mrs. Sparks, she was in on it, mm-hmm. and they have, like, a, was it the butler? Yeah, um, what was his name? Well, we'll call him the butler. He, yeah. He's in on it as well, but other than that, the rest of the staff, they have no idea. So, obviously, this is a terrifying situation. She's not having very much fun at this new job. And so, she, obviously, she's going to try to escape. She, she escapes, like, three times, and they all fail. It, it really bums you out, too, because, like, you're, you're so much in her... You're obviously from her perspective, but like yes. you're so much like I find myself so much in her role and like it is so defeating, like because you're like putting yourself in her shoes and you see like the, some of the desperate attempts that she's pretty like resourceful and like trying oh, yeah. to find ways to and a, as the movie goes on and every time it gets foiled, you're like, oh man, like it's so frustrating. So yeah, it's it's there's either a gate that she can't make it through or on the other side where her window out looks like there's a, there's the ocean like you can jump. Right jump to your death <laughs> or yeah, you can rocks and yeah or you can try to escape it keeps failing nobody's helping her at one point she is able to while one of the help is distracted like get his crossword and write a note to the cops and crumble it hoping that they find it yeah. and then these people show up and she thinks it's them but it's just friends of the family and she escapes in the back of their car but then of course ralph Hughes comes after him and they turn they she tries to escape at the back of a, the car and the guy who's driving it hears her and is like, okay, I'm going to turn around and, you know, not help the situation whatsoever. Runs yeah. into Ralph Hughes and they make the exchange. And yeah, it just is 
not go well at all. Yeah, it was the, it was the vicar and his wife and someone else. They were like kind of welcoming them to the area because they just kind of moved back into that estate. So yeah. so that they, they were like kind of just it was like almost like a welcome wagon kind of thing. They were just stopping by and like to, to see like them come in and you, you're in uh, Julia's shoes and you're just like, oh man, like finally like they're here and and they're like like who are you? Like what are you talking about? It's. Do you ever yeah, see the Prisoner, the TV show from Britain? Uh, I know of it. I've never watched it though. It reminded me a lot of that. These oh, yeah. escape attempts and, and being stuck. Yeah, the one in the car and the was Britishness. Because it's like, it's because she's like, it's moving. Like she's away from the state. Like she's gone. She should have just get jumped out. I think so too. I was thinking about that too. Especially once he's like, the bikers were noticed and she was like, could overhear that they were there. It was worth, it was worth going. But you know, also who knows in yeah. the back of a car, <laughs> just in this weird situation, you're just playing it by ear at this point. Right. I feel like at that point, it's like tearing off a Band-Aid kind of thing. We're just like, if you're opening the door, you might as well just... Oh, you're going to be putting on some Band-Aids after that for sure, but it's that, worth that's, it. That's true, too. And also, they're able to go into town at one point, and so she's going to write a letter to Dennis, mm-hmm. Dennis Bruce, and he's on the hunt for her at the same time, too. He goes back to the to the apartment, the boarding house, trying to find out where she went, because it's like, why did she just leave without any trace we, we did mention we did make plans and it turns out that uh this is mackie's little shitty daughter had like taken the rest of the rent money she had uh, left for mrs mackie to pay off in like a note too and she rips up the note and just like threw it away so that note we never even get to find out about but mrs mackie does get her money back so yeah if you guys were worried about that it's all good but mrs mackie are you sure julia didn't leave a forwarding address with you you see i may have made a mistake in the number of the house miss julia ross left nothing with me and I made a great mistake in trusting her for the rent. She ups and sneaks out of me without paying when my back was turned. I don't believe that. You believe it fast enough if it was you that was being done out of two pounds ten? Why, the wicked girl only left two pounds. What did you say? I said she was a wicked girl to leave Owen an honest debt. Hand it over. Go on. you that's the wicked one. I was only keeping it for you. Yes, well, I'll be keeping a call for the police if you do it again. I won't, Mum, I won't. I'm sorry. Julia Ross tries to write a note, but she knows that she's being surveilled and watched upon. So this first note just says, you know, like, hey, my name's Julie Ross. I'm in Cornwall being held captive. And so they're like, no, 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 we're going to throw that out. And they replace it with a blank piece of paper. But mm-hmm. Julia Ross, once we're heading into town in the car, we find out she was aware of this and she takes out the blank piece of paper, chucks it out the window and puts in her own letter that is a bit more full of information. And, yeah, I like that. And the whole time they're like, well, we switched it out. So yeah, go ahead and mail your little letter to your friend. They think everything's fine, but it's not fine. And she's able to get that letter out. No problem. Yeah, Ralph even uh, licks the em- envelope while, while he's driving. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, because she's like, oh, I can do this. He's like, sure. He takes it. He's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Just to show, hey, you know yeah. what? That's not a problem at all. Yeah. We're not bad. We're not bad people. We're not bad at all. Also, so she's been locked in this room, but there's a cat that has been getting in, a black cat that's been spooking her. Yeah. And she eventually realizes that there's actually like a little secret passage, secret doorway that it's been getting through. And she is able to make her way through that. And this is where she finds Ralph talking to his mother. Lamer like, hey, for one thing, I like stabbing. That's going to be apparent right off the bat. But oh, two, yeah. I killed my wife 
after she had wrote her will and put me in it and then like admitted to her that I only loved her for money. And weirdly, she wasn't that into that kind of response. And so he decided, surprise, to, surprise, surprise, surprise. So he stabbed her. And then Mrs. Hughes was like, well, we need a body that's going to be not stabbed and we could just say killed herself. So we can actually make this money. Yeah. So we're going to have to find someone. And that's why they put the ad out. They were looking for a specific type of person to do this switcheroo. And it's weird too, because it seems like sometimes she is introduced to people that Marion would have known. And they all just believe that Julia is Marion. Yeah. I, I also, I want to take one step back real quick and, and mention that I, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the sequence where the cat first comes into play where she's trying to go to sleep and it's, it's dark and you yes. see that and you see the hand kind of going over, you know, the bed and then you you see like the cat's eyes through the the mirror and you're and it's like creepy. Like I, yes, I love absolutely. it. It's, it's a great, great sequence. So yeah, definitely definitely a great moment in, in the movie for sure. But yeah, I, I agree. Well, I, yeah, I, while we're we're in that step back, I, I just I will say, yeah, that's one of the coolest things about that movie in that beginning is you're just thrown into this world and you're like her, you're just like, what is going on? And it just yeah. keeps piling on the creepiness and slowly starts to peeling back until we get to where we are, where we find out Ralph stabbed his wife. And now they need someone to take the place of Marion so they can get these riches. Yeah. After this, she decides that she's going to fake suicide. She sees some poisons in the medicine cabinet that she can take. And so she fakes that she had killed herself. And so they call in a doctor to come in. And that's where she's like, oh, hey, no, I'm okay. And by the way, I've been like taken. You need to help me. I sent out a letter to Dennis. So he should be coming here and... Turns out this was a fake doctor. Yeah. And they were able to find out the plan this way. I like how he had the fake like doctor's case too with him too. I don't know if you noticed it, but like Oh yeah, he, he had the full doctor's playing, playing bag. Apart. Yeah. Yep. Ready with his stethoscope. He he did a good job. Mm-hmm. I believed he was a doctor. Yeah. And then after that a real doctor comes, but nobody needs him. Yeah. Because because she didn't try to kill herself. So now this fake doctor, who I guess was the butler, we're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. He is now rushing off to London to grab this letter. They think he can get it in time. And then, uh, okay, he goes, yes. He, yeah, he goes to the boarding house. He goes to the boarding house. Oh, and I, as I'm reading this plot, I'm remembering, okay, so the, uh, the real doctor does show up. He's like, hey, I'm going to take you to the hospital. But Mrs. Hughes gets him to come back in the morning, and they're going to have a, a dead body for him by that point. Right. Hold on. I had a line I liked from that scene, which I forgot to send to myself. Oh, it was... Uh, <laughs> When the Mrs. Hughes is talking to her son, Ralph, and she's like, Ralph, the doctor will come for her in the morning. She'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good time. But yeah, so this butler fake doctor, he makes it to London. And also we see in his apartment building, and this is also a different lady. At first I was like, oh, is this Mrs. Mackey again? But it's not. It's a different lady. She's looking through the mail and sees that there's a letter addressed to him because he's been trying to say, hey, if I get anything from Julia Ross, let me know. I'm looking for her did just disappear so Mm. she puts it in the middle of the stack this guy comes in and he starts saying how he needs a place to stay and while she's distracted he grabs the envelope puts it in his pocket and then it's just like oh i don't even need to see this place i'll get the kids right away and then he's like oh no i don't want no kids here that was a perfect deflection i was gonna say like he he plays it so like seamlessly and like believably you know like i i absolutely yeah like yeah, it's no, such an was... easy way to to get out of it. Like it wasn't even like awkward to be like, oh, you know what? I changed my mind or something like that. Like he played it, he sold it so well. 
No, this guy knows how to steal mail. It was a great yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> and she discovers that the envelope's gone after, but he, he's too far gone. You, you, the whole time you're expecting Dennis to come save the day in some way, but he really just doesn't. Well, I guess he saves the day at the very, very end. I was gonna say, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, the whole way, you, it's like the same thing with, with all of her uh, escape attempts. Like yeah. her physical escape attempts versus like trying to get to the one person that like cares about her enough that would be searching for her. And like, there's so many like, kind of blind alleys or like, you know, false ways to like, there's a disconnect, you know, and, exactly. and, that's, and it makes it even all the more frustrating. So she, at this point decides it's time to end it. It's time for it to appear that I've ended it. Mm-hmm. So she screams, they come running up and they see the windows open and they think they see her body there. at the ground. You see her gown looks like it's her body in the gown. So they go rushing off to check the scene. Well, we should first mention that uh, at one point, during a, like a previous attempt, there was a struggle between her and Ralph and they actually put bars on the windows. So she actually had to pry the bars open okay, first yeah. and then to, to basically fake. The well, suicide. at this point, it still yeah. seems like it's a real suicide because right. you, you think you see that there and then they go down and her body is there yeah, lying on the rocks and they think she did it. All is looking well. Everybody's high-fiving like they pulled it off. But it turns out that she's alive they go. She, she threw her gown out the window, which is a bit preposterous. I, I, there's a lot of suspending disbelief at this one part, unfortunately, because you would think a gown would just blow in the wind, and also just not perfectly splay down. But maybe you know, maybe they're so high up that they just can't tell. I don't know. But it's that's kind of what I wondered. I wondered just because of the height of it, it, it would have been tough to tell. You know what it is, Dan, is because it, we like this movie so much, we just want to find a way to defend that little little something yeah. and, and i think we can find it because it's worth it this is a good, this is a good movie so do the work guys i'm, I'm allowing it i'm gonna even, allow even it. if it doesn't work it's fine it doesn't bother me in any real way you do what you gotta do you know out of the past a fucking a kid <laughs> hooks a guy on a fishing lure and takes him down still my favorite movie so <laughs> it happens yeah so the cops show up ruse is up and also it turns out dennis is there too he was actually able to Oh, they apprehended the uh, the butler doctor, and that's right. when because the woman was screaming out of the boarding house for the police. Stop him! Yeah, so they don't yeah. show him catching him, but they it turns out they did catch him. Yeah, so Dennis was able to come and save the day, and Ralph tries to run off, but of course that's not going to work out too well. He gets shot down in the rocks. It's a nice little. One of my other favorite scenes in the movie is the, yeah. the ending. Yeah, it's just the yeah. whole sequence where he starts running across the the shoreline with the tide coming coming in and now yeah. on him. Yeah, it's it's great. Great atmosphere all throughout. And so he's dead. The day is saved. We're driving away. And Julia and Dennis are like, hey, why don't we get married after all these hijinks? Yep. She only had to think it. about it for a second. And uh, I think they said some, there was some type of line where she said, and like, maybe I'll check references again or something like that. <laughs> there was something like that. I, was, I should have I should it hope down, but... so. You know, I've made a resolution. The next time I apply for a job, I'll ask for the references. Yeah, but like a great little funny ending to, to this, uh, such a, you know, dark movie but I, I have to say that that uh I, I really loved nina fosh in this movie like I, I mean i think she's for one i think she's gorgeous but two i think she just plays it so well she did um, fantastic yeah, in this. yeah yeah like i i just i love every every bit of it do you want my final note dan i do mrs Mackey sounds like michael king <laughs> or should i say barry gibb as i've also discovered interesting that's it that's an interesting try remember that for your next watch I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm like trying to think about it. Yeah, I, I will definitely keep that in mind. 
great print on this. It wasn't spectacular, but it's very watchable. I will say that the uh, the Arrow Blu-ray that I have looks fantastic. It's a two K scan. Um, that's that's what I watched. Yeah, it, it oh, looks okay, very cool. it looks very good. Great. Yeah. So there's not definitely no nothing bad there. What are the features on that? There's just a couple features. There's a there's a commentary by a, a Noir expert, and then there's a, which I've watched part of. It's a, a feature called Identity Crisis: Joseph H. Lewis at Columbia by the uh, the Nitrate Diva. Uh, Nora oh, that's Fiori. interesting. Yeah, and I watched part of that last night again, and it's it's good. Yeah, it's like a good, more of like a backstory about obviously you know Joseph H. Lewis at his time in Columbia. So yeah, not not a ton, but you know, hey, at least it's something. And again, yeah, exactly. You're like sometimes sometimes you don't get anything. So sixty four minutes, take what you can get. Exactly. Maybe there's a director's cut out there that's got like it's like sixty seven minutes where they show the police catching uh, the butler. <laughs> <laughs> down the street or something <laughs> you know that's the only context i really wanted dan yeah i was gonna say like that that, that seemed like the only like thing that it, during our, our discussion that you were really wishing for so i'll wish that maybe there's maybe there's a director's cut in, in your future there usually is with these things yeah they're really good about you know holding on to <laughs> film history and preserving it yeah they had foresight back then yes for sure <laughs> Well, these are going to be brief fun facts because there wasn't much. And nope. also, we've, we, you know, we've talked about the director. I will say the cinematographer, Burnett Guffey, who did a great job, also mm-hmm. won two Academy Awards in his day, From Here to Eternity and Bonnie and Clyde. But he also did In a Lonely Place, which we'll get to, yes. and Human Desire, which we will also get to. And he did uh, The Harder They Fall. Yes, that is true as well. But we're not getting to that one. Never, never. I, I can't see that happening. <laughs> Why would we? It, it has only everything that we'd want. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why well, would we ever look at that? That's not how we do things here. Yeah. Um, Nina Falk, I mean, she'll be back. We, she was in plenty of great film noir. We got Johnny O'Clock. Have you seen this one, Escape in the Fog? Seems like it's made for you. You know what? It, it is so <laughs> high on my list. And I I haven't seen it and and be, yeah because she's in it I mean has Ever G Robinson's in it like trust me that's you one I forgot the the person the main <laughs> event the starer fog it's in the title they're well, promising you fog Dan I thought that went without saying you know I, I I thought that was pretty pretty clear we may have new listeners we haven't had a foggy okay. one in a minute you know I, I can't remember what our we have some foggy ones coming up but. No, I I have very much been looking forward to seeing that one, and I'm I'm trying to remember. I, there was some reason why. Is it out? That's the thing. I think maybe it wasn't. That. It was difficult to find. Let me double check because that is like very high on my list. So this is what it was. There's like a weird DVD version that's you know you can get so you can get it's on it's called Choice Collection. I, I it came out in 2012 on DVD. I don't know how the print is, but I definitely, I've been on the fence about getting it, but I think just because of all the elements of it, I'll probably just have to just take the gamble and buy it. Cause I, it's one. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've been wanting to see come back a long time. Early 2022 to the podcast. We will cover that movie. Thank you. We know how much that would mean to me. Dan, we're uh, announcing our next theme, foggy February. I love it. I love it. So come back in Feb. Dan's also going to come up with a couple more of his favorite all time foggers. That'll be easy. <laughs> and we'll talk about some of the uh, the foggies that we've done that we also like. We'll do our top 10 foggers. Foggiest fogs. With special guest John Fogarty. Fogarty. I, I, I wish. That'd be great. <laughs> I hope he's a film noir buff. Well, Dan, it's not John John Fogarty. It's Jan Fogarty. So. Oh, okay. Okay. He, he's a local weatherman. 
I got nothing else. He's hoping for uh, clear water. You mean clear water? Yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> yes, he's in a, he's in a uh, Philadelphia cover band, CCR cover band called Clearance Clear Water Revival. <laughs> I love that. It's spelled W-U-D-D-E-R. Yep. With uh, Dan Fogarty on vocals and guitar. So he will be joining us. Look forward to that in February. Have you ever seen Fog? Uh, yeah, I feel like that needs to be a thing. Like maybe I need to start that. Maybe that needs to be my cover tribute. We band. may debut that in February. Please check back 2022. Check back, yes. We got big things planned for you. How are we going to top a podcast? Probably with a cover band. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically one of the same. Extremely, extremely specific cover band. <laughs> oh yes. Is there any other way, Dan, for the no, pros? I, I guess not. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're going in, you got to go in. That's right. You know who also went in? Dame May Witty. Mm-hmm. Aforementioned was in Gaslight, hilariously enough, because she did Gaslight in this film. She came back a, a pro. Mm-hmm. She also was in a ton of silent films. But by the time she made her debut in The Talkies, she was 72 years old. And she actually passed away three years after My Name is Julia Ross came out. Wow. George McCready. Didn't find out why he had that big scar on his face. I'm sorry about that. Maybe I'll come back next episode with that information. But... Made him very, very more creepy than he even was to begin with, with his character. Absolutely. And the cinematographer knew exactly how to light that bad boy. But yeah. he was a bit of an art collector. And he actually was a partner in art collecting with our old friend Vincent Price. Interesting. And they, they had themselves a little Beverly Hills art gallery called the Little Gallery, which they opened in 1943. Uh, they had met playing brothers on Broadway in the Victoria Regina. There's a... Um, the photo of him on on wikipedia is a is a a screen still from uh johnny allegro which is a film noir which i haven't seen but it's uh by ted tesloff who i I do like um and i believe uh nina foch is in that too oh excellent Uh, so that's a weird thing but the photo of him in there like he's wearing the coolest suit ever like it's like it's like a plaid suit jacket with like a really cool bow tie and like a uh, a pocket square it's great i love it i'm 100 percent on board so as we know what we're dressing as for Halloween this year. Yes, 100%. Maybe when we do our actual, actual Halloween episode, we'll all dress up, you, me, and the guest. Yeah. No one will be able to see it, though. <laughs> so we could just make it up and say what we're wearing. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, this is all the medium of the imagination. At the very least, I'll, I'll write on the knuckles. There you go. And I, that's I, the only hint the audience that. gets, although I'm sure that's everything they need. Uh, we're going to come back next week with another Columbia pitcher. Mm-hmm. This time, as we once again dip our toes into the controversial 1960s with 1962's Experiment in Terror, starring Glenn Ford and Lee Remick. every part of a great city for its laboratory, testing whether a defenseless human being can be shielded and protected from the menace of a clever criminal. 
If he knows as much about you as he obviously does, and he has a very definite plan, he's probably very clever, well, he may institute a reign of terror that will make you agree to do almost anything. Experiment in Terror tests the limits of the human capacity to endure tension. Hello? You dirty little double-crossing. I didn't know that man. I never saw him before in my life. How was I supposed to know it wasn't you? I've never seen you. You're a lying little... Why didn't you come out of your hole and get me? Why did you let me stand around and, and, and get picked up like a, a prostitute? Experiment in Terror involves this girl with a provocative assortment of people. Experiment in Terror tests the limits of the human capacity to endure sudden shock. Look out! Excited you, for this one. This is a Joey recommended. Yep. I've been wanting to do this one pretty much since the inception of the show. I had watched it semi recently from then and, and just been wanting to watch it again. So this should be a good time. So please join us next week. Dan, hopefully you'll you'll have a 60s noir for us at some point. I mean, I know in December we have one, but yes. From both of us. But I, I'd like to see a little more dip dippings from you. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think a lot of me, like especially like recently, I've been really into fifties ones for sure. Like I've been watching a lot of fifties ones. I would say I'm I'm realizing with this podcast that fifties, of course, is the sweet spot. I, I think yeah. as far as when it's just peak, more good ones than bad ones, and yeah. and when they're good, they're great. But you know, the forties still very essential decade, and I think that 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 early sixties, the reason why we cover it is just because it's kind of the end of that evolution before it goes to the to the neo-noir right i mean i would say some of it was already there but there's still especially with this one feels like it's a real good in-betweener so i'm looking forward to you guys seeing this and maybe yeah i think that's it. why i think when we kind of set out to do this i think that like when we kind of made the 1965 kind of delineation i think that's a per- pretty good transition from yeah you know, the classic era. It, it's of done noir. by then right exactly absolutely and then, and then it kind of transitioned so i yeah 62 yeah, you're you're safe. I I've never seen this one. You've recommended this, uh, you know, a couple times to me. I've 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 had it. I've held on to it to watch it as a fresh watch for the episode. So I have not. Excellent. It, so because uh, I knew that you would appreciate it because I know how much of a fan of this one you are. So blew me away, and I hope it does the same for you guys. Let's find out next week. In the meantime, feel free to get in touch. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what your name is. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com out of the cast on Twitter and out of the podcast, Instagram, Facebook. I've been trying to ramp up the interactions there. It seems to be successful. So thanks. People thanks like for, it. People are discovering it and that's, that's fun Great, and fascinating yeah. and it gives us a reason to keep at it. So thank you so much for your time, your money and your, <laughs> your sweat. Yeah. I will say, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if nothing else, it's just getting people you know, involved in, in talk about or watching these movies. I think that's kind of like, an underlying thing with of why, I mean, obviously we have appreciation, but the hope is that, you know, you kind of have a community of people that also appreciate this to keep it alive. I mean, that's really. Absolutely. I mean, especially 
the only time we ever get to feel young, you and I, is when it comes to these things because we're more the on the younger end of fans. I yeah. would say, you know, thirties is probably the sweet spot, but we're we're doing our best to keep it alive. We're happy to take the baton and be the next generation. So, thank you for joining us. We are all one big noir Captain Planet, and <laughs> on that note, Not Dan, is <laughs> the recycling and to crime. I agree. Which is which is the true crime if you actually look into recycling, but that's another podcast. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>